If you've been tuned into the point of no return from day one, then you know by now that I love me a good cold case from pre-Y2K. Today, I'll be telling you about a very cold case from the 70s, a triple homicide involving 17-year-old Karen Scarborough, who was murdered on her first day of work. I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. And this is The Point of No Return, where we cover cold cases, murder, and everything in between in the DMV area. All right, let's hop into it. She wanted to marry a millionaire, said Karen's older sister Janet to the Washington Post. She wanted to be a stewardess to travel. Karen was the baby. She always tried to please my parents. She was so pretty. She studied so hard. I was so god darn jealous of her. She had a gorgeous wardrobe, always had to be perfectly dressed. She hardly ever wore jeans. From this quote alone, you can guess that Karen was the American sweetheart type of girl. She loved the Bee Gees and her Siberian Husky, Hola. What a name. And Janet wasn't kidding about her sister's obsession with clothes. Her wardrobe took up two closets in her yellow colored room that had posters and records scattered across it. Karen changed her outfit three times on June 24th, 1978, before heading into her first day of work. That was a Saturday. I don't know why they was working on Saturdays in the 70s like this, but right on, sister. (laughs) With her hair flowing freely, Karen settled on a knee-length black flower dress. She hated wearing glasses, Janet said, but she decided to wear them that day anyways. Karen was a go-getter, determined. She had just graduated from high school and heard about her new job from her ex-boyfriend, Leonard Balling. The gig paid $3.50 an hour. I'm going to tell you about the area a little more, too. That was, I guess, the minimum wage in 1978. Mm -hmm. Her peers often called her stuck up, and she stressed about making friends often. Janet caught Karen crying in her room once because she was afraid to make friends. He was bottled up, an introvert itching to break out of her shell. She didn't have many friends, her father said. She was Little Miss Independent. One day she came home and told me the kids were calling her names. They called her Isis and Wonder Woman. She loved people and she loved animals, but she wouldn't let nobody get attached to her. That was interesting that her father said that to me. Mm -hmm. Karen's family said she was so excited about her first day of work. The 17-year-old secured a receptionist job at a housing development company called Ryland Homes. The gig was in a sales office, which, ironically, was headquartered in a trailer in Dale City, a place in Prince William County, Virginia. In 2017, the recorded population of this city was only a little over 73,000. So I can only imagine how low that number might have been in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The Scarboroughs moved to the area when Karen's father, Jim, was offered a job as a supervisor with Washington's new Metro subway system. So, oh, wow. <laughs> Yes, he worked on the Metro when he was getting out the Reading, which up until reading this article, I had no idea how long the Metro had been in business. Yeah, me either. Yeah. So apparently around that time, like it was getting up and running and he was he was helping supervise that. Karen didn't have an enemy in the world, her family said. So then why was she murdered at work? And not only that, Karen was murdered on her first day of work at her first job ever. Also. She wasn't the only victim who lost her life that day. So I'm going to tell you guys about the murders now and really get down to the nitty gritty. Mandy, if you have any questions, you can hop in. But of course, you know, I'm going to leave a nice chunk of time for theories, I think. Yeah. This one definitely um, 
definitely a brain twister, I'll say. Yeah, I don't have any questions, but I will add, honey, you are storytelling today. I love that <laughs> opening. She went to marry a millionaire, her sister said. I was like, period. I told you I did my thing on this script. I told you I was Period. Doing. Go ahead. Talk your shit, baby. I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's be serious. I'm talking about murder. Okay. When I described this case as very cold, I wasn't kidding. There are no crime scene photos from the 70s, of course. No autopsy reports, no court records, no suspects, real ones, no leads, just nothing. Hmm. But I'm going to break down the events that happened on June 24th, 1978. So me and Mandy could chop it up and try to speculate on what could have happened. Okay, okay, okay. So should I get, I need to get, I need to write something down. I, um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you may, you might want to write down these details. Yep. They're, they are, they are pretty interesting. I think you might do, I'm going to do bullet points. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm clicking my pen as we speak. And yes, ma'am. I'm going to do bullet points. I'm going to tell you a few things that the police and um, prosecutors have said. And then actually have some questions and, and stuff for us. Like I wrote down, wrote down a whole list of um, obvious suspects to me based on what goes down this day. Okay. So remember, she is a receptionist in a remote sales office for this, um, for, for the housing development company. Karen's parents dropped her off at work with a sandwich for lunch around 1 p.m. Her mother, Joan, returned to pick her up later that evening and patiently waited for her daughter to come outside of the trailer. Instead, Joan was met by a distraught man who described the horrific scene inside. Karen and two other women were found murdered inside of the trailer. How many other women? Two. Okay, so three total? Mm-hmm. Each of them was shot in the back of the head. The other victims were 25-year-old Sharon Lake and 23-year-old Deborah Frank. Sharon had tagged along with her friend, Deborah, who was house shopping in the area that day. So she came down to the trailer to get some, some information. Joan was a nurse's aide at the Chronicle Naval Hospital. So she ran inside the trailer and went into savior mode automatically. She checked everyone's pulses. The only person that still had a pulse was Karen. It was very faint, but within minutes, she was dead. All three women were found lying face down as if they had already been on their knees waiting to be shot, all lined up next to each other with what we call that. Commonly, you guys probably see that as execution style. Okay. A total of $30 was missing from the woman's purses and none of them were sexually assaulted. Like the purses had been rummaged through. They were all over the floor. There, was, there wasn't any signs of any struggle either. I know it sounds weird, but I want to know whether she was the first one shot or the last. That's what her sister Janet said in an interview. Found that very interesting, so I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Karen's savings, which included a $300 graduation gift, were put towards a scholarship fund set up in her name at Stafford County High School. We're going to get into a little bit of what the prosecutors and the police said, but as far as... Um, evidence and storyline that's all we know about what happened that day and police assume that Karen and the two other women were killed between 4 p.m and 6 55 p.m they say that because police got to the scene around 7 p.m 6 55 is around the time her mom went into the trailer and saw that they were dead okay. I don't know where the 4 p.m mark came from that was very interesting to me there had to be something some marker maybe someone came by to visit or drop off a package or something around four mm-hmm. and still alive at that Okay. In 1979, here's what Prosecutor Paul Ebert told reporters. He said that a man he described as a construction worker in his late 20s was the leading suspect. 
The police said they had no breakthroughs yet. They had several suspects still. Ebert also reported that the lead investigators on the case, Wilson Garrison and William Metheny, interviewed more than 2,000 people. Some news reports say investigators were interviewing people up until as recently as 2017. This case happened in 1978, y'all. She was a white woman, if y'all didn't know. Of course. One big police theory, Sharon and Deb were walked in on Karen getting robbed or, or you know, some type of crime about mm-hmm. to happen and were pulled into the deadly crime because them being there just didn't make sense in correlation with knowing Karen. Yeah. Of course, had to be customers. From a Washington Post article in 1985, the man who police and prosecutors genuinely agree is the, top, is the top suspect in the case was seen in the area of the trailer the afternoon of the killings. They say he contradicted himself in interviews with law enforcement officials, but there was never enough evidence to charge him. This man's name was never released. He, of course, was never charged with anything. Okay. Okay. So honestly, a lot of this, a lot of this episode today is going to be us talking about theories and really just breaking down like what the hell could have happened. Mm-hmm. So my first question, what do you think really went down that day in that trailer? How did this come about? I remember when I first came across this case, I could only find one article and it was a, it was an old Washington Post archive. Girl, I didn't found old newspaper clippings now, whole Facebook groups, like a whole, like it was, it wasn't a Reddit, but it was like a Reddit type site, a whole uh-huh. spread news following this case um but all in all they all lead to dead ends like there has never been an official suspect name an official motive anything of that nature what do you think really could have went down that day you think it could have been a freak accident someone came in to rob the place and came across all three women and decided to execute them yeah i I, I definitely think robbery is on the table just based off of their purses being rummaged through and the 30 dollars that's missing right but because it's a remote area and it's like the 70s, I don't know why it's giving me like heroin crack addict type of situation. Like hippie, I'm like high out of my mind and I'm hallucinating type of thing. I run across this cabin, I'm looking for food and I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, as you can tell from all of my sounds that I just made. I was interested in the location of this trailer. Because it's remote, right? I'm like, it's giving me it's in the middle of the woods. No, so it was it was in like a residential area. Like people can see it from their backyard. So oh. It's also, it's also giving why in this area? Why not in a business area? Why not near, I don't know, like a partnership company or something? Yeah, why was she in there working by herself? This was the remote, listen, this was the remote sales office. So I'm like, okay, was there a bigger office headquartered somewhere? I researched Ryland Homes, can't find anything. I assume either the company may have been renamed, isn't as popular anymore, isn't in business, mm-hmm. something of that. But if this was the sales office and she was the only one in there that day, who was training her? Where were her coworkers? Yeah. Was she sent there maybe for that one day? She's a was she was also a receptionist. So I assume if she was a receptionist in this sales office, maybe she was gonna move up to sales one day. Mm-hmm. Either way, and you're 17, it's your first job ever. I'm also wondering how did a 17 year old land this type of role? Yeah. I wonder if they did more research into the other women that were actually there though. And if it wasn't something random, but somebody came there to like, somebody was stalking one of them or something and they came there to attack those women and then they just had enough. Um, you know, Potentially, those women didn't live in that area. Remember Deborah, Deb, Sharon was, uh, was accompanying Deborah who was thinking about moving to that area. So she came to the remote. Ah, uh, This is true. 
was I assumed that this was a this was a housing com- a housing development company that often sold new build homes. That's yeah. what maybe it and was the ex boyfriend setting her up because he put her on with the job, right? How many of your exes is giving you a job? I'm not giving my ex no job. Okay, I don't care if you have a job or not. Honestly, look at you. Let me move to my next point. This is not so much a question. I want to point out some some obvious suspects here that could that that could have been involved. Okay. That man Jones saw coming out the trailer. Let me tell you, every article I read, who the fuck was that man? Yeah. So the let me describe the scene more. So Joan had been waiting in the car, and Jim said um, Joan waited in the car because she was trying not to be an overbearing yeah. mother and like not try to go pick up her daughter like it was school. She was trying to let her come out on her own, but she was waiting for maybe a good 10, 15 minutes. Um, in that time, this man walked out. And when he walked out, he was distraught and he was like, you know. And I, I'm exaggerating. I think it may have been five minutes. Even then, five minutes is still a long time for me for a man to be in there, what, staring at some dead bodies? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The man, he was trying to describe the scene to Joan, and Joan automatically goes in there and gets into nurse mode and tries to save who she can. But they were all, they, they were, all three women were laying face down, side by side, in a line next to each other. Purses rummaged through. Um, they were in assaulted, close to lawn, no struggle, no scratches, nothing of that nature. All had been shot in the back. In the back of the head. Yeah, so this is also giving me, like, professional. It's giving professional, but also who's that man? Was he a contractor? Was he the supervisor on duty there? There's no information mm-hmm. about who in any article I read. So, one, I think he's, 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 he's honestly, for me, suspect number one. We also have Leonard. So, Karen's parents said Leonard was infatuated with Karen, but they only went on a few dates before she ghosted him, basically. She was really uninterested. Her parents said they thought boys bored Karen to death, bored her to death. Mm-hmm. He had only entertained three boys during her teen years. Leonard is the one who sold Karen her dog. That's how they originally met. She saw a listing online. Connected mm-hmm. with and she was obsessed with the husky. Yep. And her parents described Leonard like the person who met her. They said his, his eyes lit up. He was so into her. They were like, okay. I'm thinking, okay, did he set her up with this job? And he knew that she would be there at that time mm-hmm. to get her money or rob, I don't know, rob or upscare and it went wrong, potentially. Another one. Joan. I have to name mom because mom was there. She was there when the bodies were discovered. We don't know what time she actually really got there to pick to pick Karen up, but we know she went there. She's the one who called the police and the police came to the scene. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying obvious, as in looking at who was on who the was scene. Who was there, yeah. And this is not an obvious suspect, but I'm going to say it. Janet, I'm sorry, but that line about her wondering which order Karen got shot in, Spooked me. Why was that your first thought when you found out your sister was murdered? That was one of the first things she said. In it. Yeah, been, I wonder why that was important to her. her. Now, there's no evidence of her ever being there that day or anything of that nature. The last time she reported seeing her sister was that morning when Karen was taunting her. Karen was telling her, I'm going to be making $3.50 an hour. <laughs> and it's 18. Karen's 17, by the way. And Karen tells her, I'm going to okay. be making more you. And she was right. So how how much money was Janet making? But you think that's enough for her to want to kill her sister? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Based on the things she was saying in that interview, it would be possible. Here's another theory. Someone on Facebook, which I'm gonna I'm gonna share you some some thoughts from the Facebook post I came across. Okay. Someone on Facebook shared an interesting theory. Could have could it have been a disgruntled home buyer, a contractor with the company, an ex-employee? All very likely impossible. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to these obvious suspects. What do you think? 
Which, what, which one stands out to you the most? Leonard's ex-boyfriend? Yeah, it's giving me Lenny. I feel like Leonard did it. Um, and I'm only saying that because of his infatuation with her. And if she was, like, kicking him to the curb slash ghosting him, he might have been like, yeah, no, I'm not going for that. Um, just off you. Huh? You said, he said, no, I'm not going for that. And said, here's this new job so I can off you. I mean, it's the perfect setup. He knows where she's going to be. This is true. You think he could have been that heartbroken? I mean, people, uh, I just told you that story about, you know, who this morning. People are crazy. Yeah. People be, you know, <laughs> people be wilding. So I, I don't put anything past anybody. Um, But he very well could, it could have been a mix of two of the theories that we've already heard, right? So it could have been he... He set her up essentially and was just like, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to set you up with this new job or whatever. And he may have honestly genuinely done it from a nice, genuine place. And, um, she might've been like, thanks so much for the job, but we're still not hooking up, baby. And it could have been a thing whereby he, he walked around with a gun we don't know. And maybe he didn't intend on using it, but maybe he popped up at that job and was just like, Hey, how's your first day going? I wanted to bring you something. And then she was like, Leonard, get out of here. Scram, Lenny. And he was like, I'm tired of you not loving me. And at that same time, maybe two women walked in the door and was like, oh, we just here to potentially move to the, to the area. My, here my, I'm just here with my homegirl. She want to move here. But we're stepping out. And he was like, uh-uh, all y'all line up right now. Or he already killed her and they walked in and he killed them too. Because mm-hmm. you said that times of death were like a little different, right? It could have been between 4 p.m. and 6.55. And 6.55, okay. Yeah, so- a confirmation on what time um deborah and sharon got to the trailer but it could have been a case of them walking in while karen was already in the midst of something yeah maybe they were all three inside of the trailer dealing with business you know deborah and sharon were asking karen questions and someone came in yeah okay because also her mom bringing her a sandwich at 1 p.m is bizarre to me i also want to know yeah (laughs) like huh I think okay, so the the article was a the article the, the articles were a little unclear. I'm pretty sure the one p.m. was either I'm pretty sure the one p.m. was the time that they were dropping her off for work with the sandwich for lunch, or it could have been she was already at work and mom brought her a sandwich. Yeah, I would, I'm not surprised by that. She was 17; it's her first job ever. Okay, you can't bring a lunchbox, brown paper bag. My mom was not bringing me lunch when I was a counselor at summer camp. She was not. My mom was not letting me work in no trailer either. So yeah, it wasn't happening. Um, yeah, my mom was never bringing me lunch. <laughs> you better make that sandwich before you leave, sister. Why would I be bringing that to you? And maybe and she this- forgot her lunch, and then when her mom dropped her off, she was like, "I'll bring you the sandwich back." We don't know. But then also, I think if we're if we're just talking about theories, I'm about to just throw something on the wall and see if it sticks. Um, it very well could have been. Maybe her mom was a psycho. I don't know why her mom would want to kill her, but it very could, well could have been when that mom dropped that sandwich off, that was a ploy and the mom really killed her during that sandwich break. And then when she went back to pretend like she was going to pick her up on the 555, 655 end of things, them other two women were in there and they were like, well, what, what's going on? Well, no, that that ain't going to work because then that man left out and he, he had already seen all their bodies. Apparently the man was already inside of the trailer when mom got there. Yeah. The only way okay. I'm sorry, mom. I don't, I'm sorry. 
moms wouldn't have been a way to do it unless yeah. unless those were in there around 1 p.m. when she went to drop the sandwich off. Yeah, off. and then she came yeah. back later on to pretend like she was coming to pick her up. <laughs> yeah, like shit was normal, and it's not. And he walked out, and he was disgruntled. Yeah. Or not disgruntled, excuse me. He was, um, in, in, he was distressed. Yeah. I just, I just threw that out there just for, you know, I mean, theory's sake, but I really think it's, it's baby Leonard. If we're looking at who was there on the scene, it was Joan and that man. Yeah. I don't even know his name. I can't even find his name. But who, who would have the money bag motive in this know. sense though? It's, it's giving Leonard. As far as motive involving Karen Leonard, motive involving this company could have been anybody. You know how the contractor business, and I assume back then it was booming. Yeah. Like as far as like the 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 new build, the new build business, like it had to be booming around that time. So you never know. Some contractor could have got cut off, which I, I would say majority of all the prosecutors' police reports I read, it was all something dealing with um uh, potentially like their their thoughts were potentially a disgruntled contractor, but they couldn't name anybody. Mm-hmm. But I'm like that that seems highly mm-hmm. likely so, and it, it it just so happened Karen was there on the wrong day. Yeah. And those women showed up at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Which all seems like too much of a coincidence that she was there by herself and she gets killed on her first day of work. That's wild like- too. I, I really don't understand why <laughs> it would be her first day and she would be there alone and why she's 17 and there alone, but why she's a person at the workplace alone, period. Like, Yeah. No. And I also think if it was a disruptive contractor, I'm sorry, I'm not, if I'm a disgruntled contractor and I'm going, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make even with somebody, I'm going to go after the person I have that beef with, which I assume if it was a disgruntled contractor, they're going there to look for someone specific yeah. that they're working with. They're not, what, if they're just going to go off a, if they're just going to go off an employee, why not go to the main office to do that? It's going to be a lot more people in that. This was the remote, you know, the, the, the remote sales office. Yeah. So you go in there and you kill this woman, this woman that you've never you couldn't have had ever communicated with unless you had a, a conversation with her that day on the phone. Cause this is her first day of work. Mm-hmm. Or it could just very well be a random person. That too, but execution style is just so unique to me in this position because yeah. you got three women, one seven. And they weren't tied up or anything though. Right. 25, not tied up or anything. If you really wanted, when you walked in there, you could have pop, pop, pop where they're standing. Which means you could have popped them and then went through the purses. There, for all we know, they were sitting, they were laying. And I also feel like you have a message to send when you do execution style. Did you get them all there, question them for some information on something, you know, and then kill them and go through the purses? Mm-hmm. Or were they alive still when you went through the purses? Like they and, and what I found interesting is they all three were treated on the same level. Like no one was treated differently than the other. Like they were all lined up together. Oh, got shot no in the back of the head. No one was, you know, all three got shot in the back of the head. Nothing was different as far as the details of how each of them died, which makes me think whoever killed them came in there and they were all three already in there. Well, the theory that that, that Deborah and Sharon to me, uh, the, excuse me, the theory that Deborah and Sharon may have walked in on something Karen was going through, is it, 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 that don't sound right to me. Mm-hmm. They were all. But what if she was alive and it was something that, like, you know? It was something harmful, but you say it was no other blood or anything like that. Like it was no other, not blood, but like it was no other um, wounds or anything like that, right? This could have been a great, great case for me 
to hear more about the blood splatter analysis to confirm like, oh, did one of them die first? And you, cause you know, you, the, mm-hmm. you tell by the layers whose blood is underneath whose, they would have been able to determine who was killed first. Yeah. They would have been able to determine like, yeah, she was killed first and then this person was killed beside her and then this person was killed beside her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they also probably would have been able to tell um, if one person had died and then, you know, somebody else came in and then they died later. The, but the fact that they were all three in a row, the same row, bam, 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 all face down, like they was popped and then dropped. Automatically. <laughs> Not pop like and drop it. Killed right there in that same moment together. That's just pretty gruesome to me for disgruntled employee or not. Because then, let me tell you, that business still went on after that. They they put out a $3,500 award for details on their murders, on Karen, Deborah, and Sharon's murders. I hope they closed that creepy trailer field office as well while they were at it. Yeah, because what the hell? And what was Karen's Ooh. last name again? Scarborough. Scarborough? Mm-hmm. S-C-A-R-P-R-O-U-G-H. I'm also wondering, you know, we always talk about where was the police's antennas? What type of information and, and stuff did you get from um, interviewing the company about that day? Because my first question would have been, where was the other employees that were supposed to be training? Yeah. Karen, why was she in this trailer by herself? Not that that could have changed the outcome of her death. But what what was that all about? Like, did y'all throw her to the wolves? Like, yeah, you'll just be answering phones. That's all you need to know here. Because that was pretty dangerous for a 17-year-old to be working in a trailer by herself. Yeah. Granted, the trailer was in a residential area and people could see it from their backyards, which also makes me think, y'all didn't see nobody coming in and out of there. Or maybe there was a lot of people coming in and out of there throughout the day. That's another thing, like a, a woman who lived across the street, like claimed she saw a couple people coming in and, out, in and out of there throughout the day. I'm like, if anything, if they were killed between 4 and 6.55, no one came there and, and saw anything until that man did. And when Joan did, mm-hmm. all to check on Karen, she could have been, I assume she was dead in there for at least an hour or two before that man arrived and before her mom arrived. Nobody called to check on her like, hey, it's your first day. How's it going over there at the field office by yourself? Yeah, solo dolo. It's not making any sense to me. You see her? Did you look up Karen? Um, I'm reading an article about her right now. Oh, they done put it on web sleuths. People were trying to find them. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2020. The suspect, the alleged suspect from the... This is something from Washington Post. A man in his late twenties. Yeah, that curly reddish brown hair. That's hard to big picture. Mm, okay. Hey Karen. And that's Deborah on the top and Sharon on the bottom. Okay. They look old. They do. Oh wow. Somebody on Web Sleuth seems to think that there was a serial killer operating from the nineteen seventies to eighties in that area. In Dale City? In Fauquier County. It says Fauquier, Loudoun, Mm -hmm. excuse me, Fairfax, and Prince William Counties. And they think they were caught up in the serial killer murders. Uh Uh-huh. That's always a serial killer. It's giving scream vibes. Okay, I'm going to read some of the comments from um, the Facebook group. 
okay. that I came across. Uh, it was a Facebook post inside of a group. Mm. Okay, I have another theory from somebody on Web Sleuth. Okay, go ahead and do your theory, then I'll share. Okay, it says, here's my theory. This is from Nova History Detective. That's his name on here. This was from 2020. He says, the perp had been canvassing the area, recognized Karen was by herself and attacked. So probably, you know, had just been looking all morning long and then wanted to attack her. With it being a Saturday evening early in the summer, I don't think the perp expected anybody else to be there and was surprised to see the other two women were there. The perp quickly grouped the women together, got them on their knees, and coolly finished the crime and left. The relative neatness of the crime, lack of struggle, leads me to believe that this was not done by a random or a druggie, but instead a professional killer. So they said that they think that this particular execution made a mark on the serial killer. And so they left the Dale City area for some time, but returned eight years later and killed another young lady by the name of Lisa Renee Triggs. So I just looked up Lisa Renee Triggs. Have you heard about her? I I came across her case, yeah. Okay. And they said that she also was murdered in Dale City um, in front of, well, she was last seen, excuse me, in front of a giant grocery store there. And her remains, oh my gosh, her remains have never been found? Mm-mm. Ooh. It was, girl, these comments is booming. Somebody said that was, Lisa was my babysitter. Girl, go ahead before I get uh, caught into a web. Okay. So this is what one person said. My children and I were returning home from the movies and drove past this murder scene to get to our house. There were police cars everywhere. I was absolutely shocked to later find out what had happened. It was almost like a hit. None of the ladies were assaulted. No jewelry or handbags were taken. As I recall, all three were found lying face down with a gunshot to the back of the head. Yes, this is exactly how they were found, another person replied. Someone knows something. They either saw something or heard something or know something. They may think it's not much of a help, but it could very well be the piece they need to fit all the other pieces together. So this woman, this woman believes that someone saw something. Um about the case but they're not saying anything because i don't know it, it's uh, it's also giving professionalism connected to something bigger because of the way they were killed and a lot of people that were applying to this to this thread specifically are all in, all all in line with saying that someone saw something but they're not saying it because this trailer was in a residential area i told you one lady saw it from her backyard mm-hmm. like the people walking in and out which is where that theory of the 20 year old came from yeah there was wasn't there dna someone said they didn't test for DNA back then, and so they didn't routinely swab for it or collect it. They weren't sexually assaulted, so there was nothing left behind for that. Another person said that they're so happy they're doing the forensics on the case now, which meaning this person claims that this was two years ago. This person claims two years ago that they were going back and running forensics on the case, hmm. which I hadn't read that anywhere, and nothing nothing has come out yet about that. Yeah, you know, people also be making shit up. So who knows if that's even the truth? Cause I'm like, what, how good was the DNA collecting at that, at that point in time, you know? Right. And one lady a year ago was talking about, wonder if they can get DNA or something from fingernails. Girl, where do you think them fingernails at? This was in 1978. Yeah, them nails is gone. All the people calling for CC Moore, uh, CC Moore needs to get invited to solve this case. I had to look up who CC Moore is because it sounds like a very familiar name. Mm-hmm. C.C. Moore is a genetic 
um, genealogist who has been described as the country's foremost such scientist. She has appeared as a guest on many TV shows and as a consultant on others such as Finding Your Roots. She has been in so many shows, um, uh, Unmasking a Killer, Baby God, The Genetic Detective, and girl, let me tell you, it's getting CSI. Look at this woman. Any final thoughts? Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Um, about no, I'm about to go down a rabbit. No, I'm not. In that, in that, in that thread. <laughs> oh yeah, once I get off of here, I, I definitely am. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, my strongest theory is still with um, Leonard. it's still with Leonard. But the thing that the folks on Web Sleuths said about um, and you know. Tara Grinstead's most of a lot of her case was solved on web sleuths um mm-hmm. but anyway um I do that that theory does sound like that could be plausible plausible as well but um if we're talking of like motive and what makes sense then I think it's Leonard but um if we're talking like the nitty-gritty facts and like that execution style killing I don't think that young man did that I don't think he did it and I don't think he had the smarts to hire somebody to do it on the basis of having being heartbroken yeah so what's your theory? And also, if you really think about it, like he would have, he really made himself that if he really did it, he made himself the number one suspect by being the one connected to getting her the job, which I, I don't think he really has that smarts to work around all of that. It's like, yeah, uh, duh, he got interviewed. Like he's the one who connected her with the job. Why would he put his heart on his back like that? Mm-hmm. He already knew where she was at. He sold her the dog. And then they started dating. He knew her. He knew her family. He had a lot of access to her in other ways. He didn't need to give her a job to kill her. Yeah, this is true. I think he was. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to say I think he was that man, but th- that man being there when when Joan, Aaron's mother, got there, don't say right with me. Because what were you doing? Why were you in there for a minute long enough for Joan's mom to be outside thinking I'm not going to go in there and get her? I'm going to let her come out like an adult, which means she was waiting long enough to say those thoughts out loud, which means it had to be minute. What were you doing in there all that time? Like, you didn't just walk up to the trailer and walk in and Joan saw you mm-hmm. walk in. Maybe you're like, trying to revive that, them or something. That could have been true. I don't know. You don't say right with me. I definitely agree. It had some type of the level of professionalism with the killing um, doesn't give me a crackhead off the street. It doesn't give me someone off the street. Mm-hmm. It gives me connected to the housing development company who came there for some answers about something yeah. and decided to talk them because they couldn't get those answers because everyone who was there didn't know shit. It was Karen's first day and Deborah and Sharon were collateral damage for sure. Yep. 100% in whatever happened. Um, but I think it was connected to the, to the company for sure. Okay. But I guess we'll never know. <laughs> but here's what we thought. Thank you once again for listening to the point of no return. As always, we would love to hear your feedback via Instagram, Facebook, any way you can really reach out to us. We nice. Talk to us. For sure. Um, yeah, and, and please um, subscribe to the show, like it on whatever platform, and rate it on whatever platform you listen to it. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. See ya. Bye.